Hi, and welcome to The Current, the official podcast of Riverfront Federal Credit Union, where we'll share our insights and experience to help you achieve your financial goals. So sit back, relax, and get ready to dive into The Current. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number four. I am here... <laughs> I got. I got to look. You scared of me. <laughs> I was reading them all. What? Next time I'll say one, two, three. Actually, we're gonna leave this in. All right. So, we're today. welcome to episode number four. We're. I'm here with uh, Tony and uh, Tim McLeod. Tim is our president and CEO. Tony is our creative director. Correct. Yes, sir. All right, awesome. And we are also here with a special guest. We are here with Kevin Cavanaugh. <laughs> I said that correctly? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Cavana. Kevin Cavana, that's right. We, you know, I was practicing that for we a while. We even rehearsed this and we <laughs> still got it wrong. <laughs> so, Kevin Cavana. Yes, sir. That's yeah, there it. we go. We're here with Kevin Cavana. Kevin is a wealth managing consultant with Good Life Financial Advisors. Is that correct? That is correct. Awesome. Uh, before, actually, before <laughs> we get started, hey, Tim, do you have anything you want to start out with? You know, don't ask a question you don't want the answer to, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> no, real, you know, seriously, uh, I think episode one, we talked about what's credit union and we, we put in a lot of information or put out a lot of information uh, about things that, that, you know, you should do. Uh, what you can do at a credit union, you can do at any financial institution, but we just do it better because we think we can do it better. Um, we talked about savings and, and and stuff like that, and I did kind of introduce the uh, some old thought process about uh, saving as much as you can, as early as you can. Uh, so we're going to ask uh, Kevin to elaborate on that a little bit, so that the the young ones in the in our audience can. Uh, Start saving and and understand what they're by saving now, what it does in the in their retirement. So anyway, more more of that to follow. But um, everybody, welcome to episode four. Yes, and uh, let's have some fun with it. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So Kevin, I'm not going to say your last name. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin. Uh, what led you to the profession of a financial advisor and certified retirement counselor? So w- what is all that and how's that? How did that come about? Yeah, I mean, it, it goes back a while. I mean, I, I come from a, a loving family, a blue-collar, hard-working family, uh, salt to the earth. Um, the one thing that, that, that did cause tension in my family was um, was money. And not to get too personal off the bat, but my, my parents uh, eventually divorced over it. Um, luckily, became best friends later in life, ironically. Hmm. But I learned at a very young age, probably 13 or 14, the importance of money. Yes. And anybody that says money's not important isn't, isn't living in this country. That's for sure. Probably any other one. It may not be the most important thing in the world, but it's definitely um, the top three. Vital. Yes. It's vital. Yeah, it's vital. Definitely. So, so anyway, um, I thought to myself, you know, I want to get to a point in my life when I'm older that I can take care of myself, but maybe once I learn these things and how to do it, I can actually help other people um, enjoy their lives and, and help guide them down a financial path of security. Hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's good. That's, that's definitely a good thing. So you spoke a little bit about your background. What What is your uh, What led you into this as far as your background? Or are you always into money or... 
an accountant or uh, how does that work out? Well, it's, it's a kind of a, it's a different kind of background. I, I graduated high school when I was 17 and my father was a over the road truck driver for a company called Preston Trucking Union Company. They're out of business now, but some people, older people remember them. I worked on the dock for five docks for five years to to save money for college, of course. And I made sure I was there exactly five years because back then a Teamsters pension wasn't 100% vested until you were there five years. So I stayed there five <laughs> years. Then I joined the Navy. Uh, I trained in the, at the uh, Naval Special Warfare Center in Coronado, California. I graduated from the Navy and Marine Corps Intelligence Training Facility in Damneck, Virginia, the Air Force Law Enforcement Academy in, um, in, uh, in Texas. And then I spent most of my time on a NATO base as an intelligence specialist in Greece, both pre and post 9-11. Got out of the Navy, um, graduated from Penn State, got my MBA from Alvernia, got, all, got my licenses and so forth. Um, worked for Wachovia Securities. I actually interned there. And, and when my internship was done, I, it was basically one of those cases where I wanted to become a financial advisor. I knew that for sure at that point. And I just didn't leave. And the advisor yeah. I was working for even said, hey, we're, we'll gladly pay you minimum wage if you want to stick around. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, yeah, and I couldn't get it. It was tough. You, know, you apply at the, the, the big shops, your Merrill Lynch's, your Morgan Stanley's, and they don't want a new guy. Yeah. Um, so I just stayed there and eventually said, well, I guess we'll hire you, you know, and I became his uh, assistant, learned the background of everything, and then eventually became an advisor uh, at Wachovia Securities. And the financial crisis during 2008 came. Wells Fargo bought out Wachovia Securities. Uh -huh. And uh, as as my business grew and I, I gained a solid uh, a, a solid clientele, I, and this is where I should put in my, my legal disclaimer. In my opinion, um, <laughs> right. the, the bank I worked for <laughs> uh -huh. uh, started putting corporate profits uh, above people, and that's uh, okay. that's not what I signed up for. I'm not, I, you know, I'm not a nonprofit guy. Don't get me wrong, but. Um, mm -hmm. You, you can take care of people and, and still earn a, a, a nice living at the same time. Hmm, that's good. That's that's very honorable. So, what what's your main area of focus then? With with that, mostly retirement planning. My my, if you look at my the demographic of my client, it's generally mom and pop retiree. Um, they they worked all their lives. They have money in four hundred one ks. They they need help consolidating those assets, and and they need guidance. Through, through retirement. Hmm. Uh, do, do you find people not really taking your advice or going like, yeah, yeah, we're listening to you, but you know, I think we should do it this way, or how's that work out with people? Usually, I... I, I mean, they're coming I, to you yeah, for advice, so exactly. you would think they would listen, but... Mm, if, I, if I sense that from the beginning, then I know that, that we're probably not going to be have. A relationship together. Okay. Um, I, I, I tell them what I do. I tell them what they can expect, what they cannot expect, and so forth and so on. And if I get that type of pushback of unrealistic expectations, I guess I, mm -hmm. I should say, then I tell them, hey, I, I just don't, you know, I'm, I'm giving you my best advice here. You're, you're welcome to take it and, and move on, but I don't think it'll it, it'll work out because it, when. People a lot of times know just enough to get them in trouble. You know that saying, oh, yeah. and then that can be a. a I raise my hand. <laughs> <laughs> that could, that can be a problem. Yeah, yeah. Actually, with all the apps out today, I'm using an app named after uh, a hero, I guess. That uh, 
allows you to invest stuff invest and i think i'm losing well i know i'm losing more than gaining but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know who's winning tony i mean uh, uh joel you know who's winning who's that whoever owns that app oh yeah, yeah that's no joke yeah. that's no joke <laughs> <laughs> so when, when should people start actually planning for retirement? I, I know, you know, people, a lot of people fall into that trap where they're already, you know, they're 10, 15 years out from retirement. They're like, oh, maybe I should put a plan together. Yeah. But are there people out there that, hey, they're in their, at what age? What, what should, when should we be thinking? Like, should my daughter at 17 be thinking about retirement? Yeah, so there, there's a couple answers to that question. Um, the, the quick answer is today. As soon as you get done listening to this podcast, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, give uh, Kevin a call. Yeah, as early as eighteen, when you get your your, your first job, you, sh- you should start um, initially planning. I mean, and it's interesting; it's difficult for people that age to foresee being retirement age. You know, yeah, because they're not even yeah. getting into college yet or anything like that. Yeah, so it's like. Yeah. But their focus is all over the place. It's all over the place. But, and, and they don't have to start at 18, but as early as possible, I always tell people, you know, as soon as you get uh, a, a job, start saving in a Roth IRA. Roth IRA is a thing of beauty. Every single dollar that you put in there grows tax-free. Hmm. Uh, so if you qualify, and you probably will qualify when you get out of college, because I think uh, if you're single, as long as your income's under 158000 which usually when you get out of college it is, uh, you can open up a Roth and put in up to 6500 a year. And not everybody can do that, but every little bit helps. And the, the next part of the answer to that question is, as far as when people should start thinking about retirement, is when they're, when they're older and they have accumulated assets, I always say, you know, at the minimum, two years out, start to think about this thing and, and you know, what am I going to do? What does it look like? Talk to somebody um, that, that, that does this. But you could do it five years out. You know, everybody's different, but at least two because you, you want to start to think about you know, what I want to do. What do you want to do in retirement? Do I have the assets to do it? Can I retire comfortably? Is this whole thing going to work out with, with what I have? Hmm. Yeah, two years out. That that almost seems like you're uh, too late. <laughs> I don't know. Is well, that, I mean, when you're that, <laughs> five's better. But, five, five, yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about the final product. The the, I mean, if you haven't done anything yeah. yet, two oh, years. if you haven't done anything, oh no, yeah, no, there's no, nothing yeah, to prepare no, no, there, for. There, there, yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about the actual retirement. No, like I said, as soon as you get your first job, you just start saving um, mm. and open up one of these Roths for, for, uh, for sure. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so. You said Roth IRA, right? Can you explain the difference between like a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA, or is there is there really a big difference between them? Yes, yeah, huge. Some of the rules are the same. Um, with a Roth IRA, like I said, every dollar that you put in there grows tax free. So, you know, you put ten thousand dollars into a Roth, and over a long period of time, it grows to a hundred thousand hmm. um, dollars. You pull a hundred thousand out tax free. And you only had paid taxes on that original 10 that you put in. Now, the traditional IRA, but you don't get a tax deduction. That's, that's the caveat with, with the, the Roth. With the traditional IRA, you put money in, you'll get a tax deduction for that year on your tax return, but that money become, then it becomes pre-tax money. And even though, let's just say the investments were the same, that same 10000 grew to 100000 Now you're paying taxes on 100000 Mm. Uh, so if you qualify for the Roth, the Roth is, is 
in my opinion, your best bet. They'll, other people argue and they'll say, well, you get the tax deduction here in this year and so forth. And because of that, that extra t- uh, pre-tax money can, can, can grow and so forth. But unless you're in a very high tax bracket, I always tell people, if you qualify for that Roth, you, you're, you're foolish not to. So is it your tax bracket that puts you into that Roth category or... Well, as long as you, I think, I think they're changing them every year, but as long as you, you're single and make under 158000 or married under 228000 they're pretty high numbers. You qualify for, for that Roth. Okay. And you've got to watch, too, with a traditional IRA, there's, if you have a 401k or you're covered by a plan at work, then you might not be able to deduct that the, those contributions if you're over a, a certain amount of income. So hmm. I, I love the Roth. The Roth thing <laughs> of beauty. Tax avoidance, I, I love. Amen. Yeah, if, if you can do the Roth, do the Roth. That's what it sounds like. So how do you decide uh, how to invest a client's portfolio? Like, w- w- What's all involved in that? A lot, a lot of variables there. Um, when, when someone initially comes in, we have a long conversation. I, I, I look over their assets, all of their IRA statements, their 401k statements, bank statements, uh, everything that tax returns, and we have a conversation about their their goals, uh, and I look at their age, of course, and then we talk about risk tolerance. There, there are some people that are completely risk adverse, and that makes it more challenging. Markets go up, markets go down. I tell everybody right away, you're there will be times when this portfolio is down, and I literally hit the desk a couple times to try to drive that point home, <laughs> right. um, because they seem to forget that when it actually does go down. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I say my focus is on on the long run, and uh, I take all the I take all those things, uh, the assets, their age, the risk tolerance, and then I can build out a portfolio that has the right mix of stocks versus bonds versus uh, commodities, and, and tailor it individually to them. Hmm. Interesting. Does and then you set that up on a, like a, a, a payout for them to live on or? Absolutely. We, we, we talk about um, how much are they going to need to withdraw from these retirement assets. We calculate that, that amount and um, then, then we can set that up for them. And, that, and that's another place where some people have to be brought back to reality. You know, if you if you only have two hundred thousand dollars in your your four hundred one k, you're not buying a beach house. I have to remind oh, them of man. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Time to recalculate. Yeah, exactly. My beach house just turned into a hut by a pond. <laughs> 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 so, uh, just to get off of uh, IRAs and Ross and all that stuff, CDs are are they a good investment? Or is that like one of those age-dependent things and how you want to use them? It's situationally dependent. Um, To me, a a CD, it's a certificate of deposit. I've already had people come to me and they say, Kevin, I've got $100,000 here, but I need $100,000 at least in two years, but I want to get a better rate than a CD until then, but I want this for a down payment on a house, for example. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, well, in your particular situation... You go with the CD uh, because what I, what I do will fluctuate in the short run, and two years is is the short run. So we don't want to run mm-hmm. into a situation where you need your down payment for your house and the, the markets are down for whatever reason at that point in time, 
and, and you need that money. Um, so, so we're looking at a safety issue there. Yeah. If, that, you, if you want to know the amount you're going to have at a specific time, go for that CD. Exactly. Now, now the flip side of that is, um, you know, will that out, will that, whatever rate you're getting in that CD outpace inflation over time? And the answer is no, it probably won't. So um, in, in, in real dollars for over a long period of time, um, it doesn't make sense. But And then again, you have to look at someone's risk tolerance. I once had a... A woman come in, she was retired, living off her Social Security, her deceased husband's pension, and she had $500,000 sitting in CDs. It was, and she didn't need the money at all. It was basically going to be left to, to heirs and so forth. And there are things I could have done for her that would have made a heck of a lot more sense. But when we talked about her risk tolerance, um, she said to me, I, I said, I asked her, but now listen, before we do anything here, you will get a statement over time that's down. I mean, it could be your first statement. And what, what would you do? Oh, I'd pull my money out. Well, mm. that, <laughs> I, I can't help you. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, you have yeah. to have a, some type of risk tolerance. So exactly. even for a larger amount of money um, there, that was the right thing for her. So it's, it, once again, it's not a one size fits all. It's dependent on a lot of variables. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's true because nobody wants to see their money go from 500000 to like, I don't know, 450000 over a period of time. But yeah, I, I get I get exactly what you're saying. So, as you approach that uh, retirement age, what do you recommend people actually do? Like, I'm, I guess if you've if I if I've dealt with you for a while and I've got everything set up and I'm getting close to that age where hey, okay, I'm about to retire. What's the process there? You come into my office again. We we have a conversation. We've we've probably already had a conversation. Um, if we we've gone over things, uh, basically I open up depending on what we've agreed on and what we we think is best. We we open up certain accounts and and we take care of all the the transfers and and management of the assets then and and make sure you get money when when you need it. That's a good answer. If <laughs> <laughs> that's what you were looking at. I, I like that answer. <laughs> yeah. It sounds pretty simple, actually. Just, you, call, you know, Kev, just, just call Kevin. Call so Kevin get, and he's going to hook it up. <laughs> right. Call Kevin and get money when I need it. It's not an unlimited supply. Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> and it's not my money you're getting. Right. <laughs> so the process isn't that difficult is what you're saying. No, and it's interesting because every time I have uh, new clients in, in the office to, to them, and I understand. It's daunting. It, it, it's oh, I've got the, these 401k statements from three different places and IRAs all over the place. And how am I going to get money? But the the mechanics of it is is easy for us. You know, mm. we've been doing this 20 years, so it, it, it's it's not it, it's an easy process for us to. Are there any surprises like. that anybody goes into? Like, oh wait a minute, I didn't know I have to do that. Or what what, what are you talking? No, about? all so, the time. What are the major surprises <laughs> that people get? Well, I've heard some. It's a, the funnier, the funniest things are when people think that they've thought of something that the IRS hasn't. <laughs> so they're like, "Can I just take this hundred thousand I have in my savings and just stick it into my IRA, um, so it, you know it can grow in my oh, in my Roth IRA, uh -huh. so it can grow tax free?" I mean, no, you, the IRS is well aware of, 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 that, of that stuff. But yeah, there are a lot of surprises with uh, with, with with people what they think they can and, and, and can't do. 
sometimes good, sometimes bad. I have people, when people come into my office, I, I give them an honest opinion of, of what I think they can and can't do. I have people come in and they're, they're, they've saved a lot of money during their life and, I, and I, they have low expectations of what they can do. I say, hey, you can actually do more. And then there are people that um, think they have a lot and think they can do things and I tell them the truth, you know, no, because I don't want you to run out of money in retirement. That, that, that's what we don't want. We need this money to last you the rest of your life, period. Um, so, yeah, that's, that, that is wild because, you know, you, if you live in your 80s or 90s, I mean, how does that work out? I mean, when that money is yeah. gone, it's gone. Yeah, and, that's, and it's interesting you bring that up. People are living longer, right? Yes. So, so I have to plan for that with portfolios now. It used to be, it was easier years and years and years ago when people didn't, <laughs> easier when they died earlier. But anyway, <laughs> the, the, mo the money didn't have to last as long. But, no, no. Uh, but now it does, so I have to take that into consideration. Um, so I'll, every once in a while I'll have somebody come in, and they're retiring at 62, and they say, well, I don't plan to live past 70, so you know, let's just do this, that, the other thing. And I say, well, hold on a second. Let's, yeah, you might, we, we can't do that because be what if you 90. do? <laughs> yeah, it's possible. So we have to plan, we have to plan accordingly for that. Yeah, because uh, my daughter actually worked at a retirement home for a bit, and it was like they didn't take, if you had the money, they didn't take it, but if it was like in your 401k or something, they took it directly from there. I, I, I was like, uh, it was really weird. So uh, I'm not yeah. sure how that... You know, you wouldn't deal with anything like that, right? Well, not specifically. I know what you're talking about. So, so yeah, they'll they they take your money. I mean, <laughs> nursing homes and assisted living. You, I, I've seen them cook through fortunes of, yeah. of money, and then basically, when you run out of money, I think you can go. Th I, the specifics of it, I'm not sure, but you go through Medicaid and Medicaid supplements the rest of their their life. That yeah, it's that they're there. But I will say this um, to. That risk can be mitigated with um, with long-term care insurance, and that is something I do. And and if you have oh, really? if you have assets, long-term care can make a lot of sense. I said that seventy percent of us will need long-term care at some point in our life. Oh, wow! So, so is that like long-term care? Is that just your regular uh, nursing home, or is that like medical and the nursing? Or how does that what does that work out with? It, it, it's a combination of things. I, I think it's defined as when. It can be home care. It can be an assisted living facility. Uh, when you can't do what they call two activities of, of the daily living, two of okay. the five, I believe, um, and feeding yourself, dressing yourself, um, bathing issue. I, I don't know exactly what the, the, the five are, but one, once a doctor says that, hey, they're in this situation, then that's when the long-term care insurance kicks in and protects your other assets. Wow. So if you want to pass assets to heirs, that's definitely something something to consider. And most people don't think about it because you don't want to think about not being able to take care of yourself. Uh, it's the last yeah, thing you want to think about. I need one more insurance policy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sounds like. I think I need to get this. This insurance policy, is this something that you would get like now? Or, I mean, how, how does that work out? Or is that something once you hit retirement, hey, maybe I should get this uh, retirement insurance yeah, the, the, the sooner the better. The sooner the better. Yeah, the younger you are, the, the better. Not, but um, I just did one last week for somebody. He's sixty-two, mm -hmm. um, so it's that's a, another thing where it's not too late to to do that. I used to never do long-term care policies because 
it w- they were always expensive, very, yeah. very high premiums. And if you didn't use it or need it, you were, you know, out of luck. Mm-hmm. Now they have hybrid products, which are nice because you at least get the, ben- the, um, the premiums back via a death benefit. So yeah. you kind of can't lose. You have to die to get your money back, but it, at least it's not lost money if you don't need the, the long-term care insurance. So if I have like a grandparent or that's uh, getting ready to retire or they are retired, is this something I should look into them for them? Like, hey, we, we might want to get this long-care, what is it? long-term care. Long-term care insurance. Possibly. It depends on a lot of variables. Once again, you know, I've got to look at, at their assets and what they have and is it in their best interest to get it. It's not for everybody. Um, mm. It doesn't work in every case, but for someone looking to protect assets in the long run, um, it, 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 it can work because, like we just talked about, those, those long-term care facilities, they rip through money. I, oh, yeah, that's oof. no joke. It, it, mm. I think the one uh, locally, it was like three or four grand a month or something like that, oh, and, and they geez. weren't playing. It, it was... Yeah. That, that money was being taken, and once you were out, you were out. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've seen big amounts of money destroyed by yeah that type of thing by those nursing homes, and that's that. something people don't don't often think about when when they're thinking about retirement. No, you know, no, you know what what could happen? Eh, you know, I'm in good health. You know, I don't need I don't need that. I'm I'm good. But then you don't know. You know, ten fifteen years down the road, all of a sudden your hard earned retirement money is uh is going out pretty quick paying for something like that yeah leaving and leaving quickly yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. wild it is. so to reel it back from that <laughs> so what is the basic investment advice you would give to our listeners like what is the basic thing that hey you know i need to start doing something right now to and i guess that's all age dependent but say you're in your your 30s or your 40s and you need some basic advice of what you need to do other than give kevin a call <laughs> <laughs> i think some some basic things and i'll go back to it and say it again is, is is open up that roth ira get as much as you can into that roth ira like i said if you're under 50 you can put 6500 a year over 50 it's 7500 but figure out what you can fit into your budget and do it monthly. Mm. And get it deducted. Just get an automatic. It becomes another bill. That will that will grow over time. I mean, if the investments are are are, are correct, and you obviously do have the time horizon, mm-hmm. um, that's that's one of the best things that you can do. And also, and this is something I see people don't do. If you have a four hundred one k at work, mm-hmm. take advantage of the match. It's free money. I hear it all the time from from younger people. Well, I can't yeah. afford it. No, you can't afford not to do right. that, yeah. and that's true. Um, so I think that's been my biggest mistake: not uh, taking advantage of the match. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't take advantage of the match. <laughs> not completely, but yeah, it's, <laughs> oh, really? I know. It's a, I, I've been bad at that, but yeah, I, I think I, yeah, that, that's definitely to be changing. Well, when you're we're done here, you need to go talk to HR and, and get you that do. bumped up. Definitely, definitely. Because we got a good match, actually. You're you're doing what we call leaving money on the table. Yeah. 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 I think I left a lot of money on the table, to be honest. (laughs) But but definitely, yeah, making that match. But I'm sorry, Kevin, go ahead, continue. Um, No, and then, I mean, Tim and I were talking earlier. You you can also, you know, what do you say? Save a dime for every dollar? A dime dime for every dollar. A dime for every dollar. 10%. 
It can be done. Do the math. I mean, if, if you started working when you was, uh, let's say, 18 uh, conservatively, you know, I, I think probably everybody in this room probably started a lot earlier than that, uh, but I probably blew it earlier than that too. But uh, <laughs> but if you think about it, if, if I saved a, a 10% of everything I earned since 18, how much money would I go into retirement with, Kevin? Um, I, yeah. Let's just say... A million plus. Oh, <laughs> I have, that's very conservative. Yeah, I have a, a young. She's the daughter of a client of mine, and she's she's twenty one. But I she she puts the she puts five hundred and forty dollars a month into her Roth IRA, and she mm. said to me, "I'm gonna I, do this. This is gonna be my main. <laughs> this comes before everything, before a house, before cars, before." She is going to be one tax-free rich lady. That is amazing. We're talking mm-hmm. about, I'm not talking about a million. I'm talking about several million. Wow. Over the course of yeah. the, the next 40 years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's amazing. And that is great. One, one other thing before we leave this, this area of the subject matter. So uh, recommending different vehicles to save money. So I know I recall early on, uh, you know, insurance guy said, oh, you got to buy this, this whole life policy uh, because what it does, it, it's also an investment. Uh, if you live, you know, to, to whatever age, you're going to get this money back, I guess, in the form of annuity. And, but, you know, if something unfortunately happens, there's a death benefit that's going to pay for everything and, and your beneficiary is going to recoup the money. So <clears throat> from, from that aspect, Kevin, looking at different investment vehicles. While life insurance is important, uh, which we all know, or most people know, that you can get a whole lot more uh, term life insurance yep. and then take the difference and invest that in, into a, a retirement vehicle. Yeah. So yeah. What, what's, your, what's your take on, on that for, for young ones that, that would be looking for investment? So you took the words out of my mouth. It's, oh, I'm sorry. It, I didn't mean to do that. Buy <laughs> <laughs> uh, term and invest the difference. I mean, I've never been a, a big fan of whole life policies, although they have their place because of the extra costs involved with them. So term policies are a lot uh, more affordable. Um, so if you could figure out what the, uh, the whole life would cost versus the term, the term will be cheaper. Yes. Um, take that difference and invest it in a Roth IRA. And as far as the life insurance goes, another thing I do for people is some people think they need a you know million dollar life insurance policy. You may or you may not. When you're younger, you have to figure, you have to calculate. Hey, how if something happens to me, and I'm the breadwinner in the family, how do I pay my house off? How do I make sure my spouse is taken care of? And how do I if your goal is to get your kids through college, et cetera? What what might that cost? And once you come up with that number, that can better determine how much you need. Now, that number may be a million dollars. It may be more than that, uh, but it may be less as well. Uh, so as people get older, there's obviously a, a lesser need for for the life insurance. Um, but but certainly, like you mentioned, Tim, uh, by term invested difference is... That's what I always felt, was it? Yeah. And I've done it to some degree. I always felt that was the uh, the best angle of approach. Yeah, maximizing the the dollar. Yeah. Yep. No doubt about it. So, Kevin, what has been your uh, biggest reward professionally? I I think now, after uh, 
after about 20 years in this business, seeing everything come for a full circle, seeing my clients from that I got 18, 19 years ago, um, live in a nice retirement, achieving their goals. And we've been through some really bad times together, you know, two, 2008, 2011, you name it, they're out there. Um, and, and keeping them on course and actually seeing them live the lives that they, that, that they want to live and to know that I had some small part in that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It feels good. But yeah, I, I can imagine that, that feels great. So we're, we're going to wrap this up now. Uh, Tony, is there any uh, parting thoughts you'd you like to uh, share with the audience? I'm just, uh, Kevin, I appreciate the information. Yeah. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of that stuff is not really thought about. As, as you said, when, when you're just getting out, you're not thinking about why do I need to worry about this? It's so far off, but that's, you know, the reason why you need to worry about it. Yeah. And, and I think the longer you go, that's when it's really being more impactful to your budget. If you don't start till in your forties or in your fifties, that monthly, or, you know, however you were planning on breaking down the savings of that, needs to be much greater because you have so much less time for those investments to do their thing. Yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, the earlier, the better. But and you just said it again, too. It, it, it's tough for young people to think that way. They, they don't think that they're going to be retirement age until they're three-quarters of the way there sometimes, unfortunately. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, we're just thinking about the weekend right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, what's this week? What's this week, old head? Come on, man. Weekend? I'm thinking about Friday night. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What am I doing Friday night? I ain't even thinking about Saturday. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now, but to touch on that, too, I always thought it was a shame that there wasn't more education in high school about things oh, brother. like that. Oh, I, yeah. I, I can't. Come on, don't, don't get There's a lot that was missed in high don't, school. Don't get me started yeah. on that. I mean, tr <laughs> trigonometry and, and calculus, but not basic investment theory. I didn't, nope. no, no, I don't get it. But nope. they could have taught us about credit, uh, yeah, investment. Credit there, was a, there was a lot of things that got mixed up in high school. Yeah. These are the things I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin, any any final words you want to you want to? No, I just I mean thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I, I, oh, I appreciate I, you being there. I mean to everybody out there, um, you know, the, I think most of the things that we talked about today they're applicable to someone somewhere or someone that you know. And, and if you can use that information to help yourself or some, one of your loved ones or, or friends, um, please do that. So Kevin, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how can they do that? I know you're here in, at Rear Front's Kaiser branch, uh, but I'm not sure when you're here. What, what days would you be here? Uh, usually on Thursdays. Thursdays. So on Thursdays day. you're here. Is yeah. there a phone number they can call or somewhere? Yeah, the, they can reach you? the best way to get a hold of me is to to call my main office and talk to my assistant to to schedule an initial appointment. Okay. And um, that number is is that the six one zero eight eight zero eight zero eight six number? That's it. Awesome. So if you didn't get that number, it's six one zero eight eight zero eight zero eight six, and that's how you can reach Kevin via his his, uh, his main office line. It's also on our our website. Yes, and That's if you right. visit, if you visit our website, rearfrontfc.org, there is a drop down that you can get to. It's a personal account section and you go to the services and it's uh, under its wealth management and that's where you'll be able to find more information about Kevin. 
Uh, Tim, is there any final words you would like to say? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I do. Uh, so, you know, just sitting here listening to Kevin talk about uh, retirement and, and retirement planning and things of that nature. If I knew then what I know now, what what would be the possibilities? Yeah. You know, and I'll go back to something we've talked about many times, I guess, so far up to, up to episode four. Uh, but we've talked about it, obviously, with, you know, every chance I get, uh, I talk about it. Tony just uh, mentioned it, budget. So, and going back to, you know, what we should be learning in school is how to, you know, reconcile a, a checking account, how to uh, do a household budget, you know, where, you know, how and what, when, where do I put these numbers at so that I can tell, uh, I can show what I've got and what I'm doing, what, what's my numbers, what's my money doing? Yes. You know, and uh, so that's how you get to how much can I afford to put in that Roth IRA because I budgeted for this amount. And this is this is my savings, so that's I've got this amount. This is what I owe for my car potentially. This is my my uh, my lease or my rent. Uh, this is the groceries. This is how much I want to spend on Friday night, uh, things of that nature. So when when I when I'm going through that whole process and I've got my my check stub sit, sitting there right in front of me, I know how much money I've got left. And and you know of course now in 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 today's uh, age, we, we've got you know budget apps and things of that nature. I can just plug it in real quick on my on my phone. I know exactly how much I've got left. I can even make it auto feed into my savings, and my savings is how much I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut that check to go to my uh, to my to my RA. So I, it, it starts to generate uh, some level of of uh, uh, of an automatic process to where I don't have to worry about it. I know how much I've got going in it. I know how much I can put in it. So I know when I get a raise or, or I get a new job or whatever, I'm making a little more money. I don't have to go in there and go, well, you know, not plus not equals. I don't do that. All I do is up, update my, my gross income in the app or on my budget if you're doing it manually. And you just take the difference. Nothing else should change unless you're moving to a bigger apartment. You know, maybe that. Because life is going to happen. Things are going to move. It's going to cost you more money. But at some point, you go, okay, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to ignore this. I'm, I'm going to leave it right here. It's, it's right where I want it to be right now until I get to a point to where I can add to it because maybe I am looking at buying a house or I'm, I'm, uh, our, our, you know, our first child is on the way or whatever. Whatever the life experience that you're at that's going to cost you more money. So you may get to a certain point, say, look, I'm, I'm doing 8, 10, 12% in my savings, my dedicated savings amount on my budget, and everything else is working good. Leave it for right now until mm -hmm. you can add more to it later. But if you're, if you're doing 10% now at 18, 19, 20 years old, you're, you're in pretty good, pretty good company. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and if you stay... If you stay uh, consistent with that, you potentially can retire early and, and have a longer retirement. Yes. Enjoy the fruits of your labor. Yeah. Yeah, that Thank retirement you, age yeah. changes Absolutely. often, doesn't it? 
Yeah. Right yeah. now, what is the retirement age? Pick a number. Yeah, it's based. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, as far you're talking about as far as Social Security. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah that's true. It's based. It's it's based on. Um, it's all. It's different based on when you were born and so forth. Yeah. That's true. And so that's on. True. Yeah. yeah, I think right now it's still. I, I think from a, a general standpoint, it's uh, partial at sixty three, uh, full at sixty five. Yeah, 62 is the early. Or 62. 62 early. 62 and 65 or 66. Yeah. And then, and it, well, here's another question I get all the time. That we, sorry to keep going here longer. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> that's all right. Um, 70 is the max where your Social Security is built to the max at age 70, so you don't want to wait past age 70 right. to take it. Hmm. Um, some people take it early for whatever reasons, and, and some people wait till. Till later, but you don't you don't wait past seventy period because it doesn't benefit you any any more to wait. And then people always ask me when should I take Social Security, and I say, well, tell me the day you're going to die, and we can do this calculation, <laughs> and I can tell you exactly how to max this thing out. <laughs> so it's it's not an easy question, but no, 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 awesome. All right, hey, that was a lot. Uh, thank you, Kevin, for coming out. We appreciate your time. Uh, And everybody out there, if you want to make your life easier, keep following The Current.